Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Siempre la afición se estremece con pasión cuando quedas entre todos campeón y se ve frente al balón a un equipo de verdad. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Partido Partido podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Um, it hasn't been a great week for Atletico Madrid, but we are here covering it and. Um, uh, with us, uh, you know, to to make up for for that, you know, bad week for Atleti is our favorite AC Milan slash Liverpool fan. Please welcome Maxi back to the show. Um, how are you doing, Maxi? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. I I just got home from work, so now I'm I'm relaxing a bit, enjoying the results this week. Oh, well, I mean that that's a bit insulting, but we'll we'll, we'll skip <laughs> over that. <laughs> and of course, uh, Emmanuel is here with me. How are you doing, Emmanuel? Well, I'm not in the best of mood, but well, hopefully, Aleti wins this weekend and things can become better for all of us continuers. <clears throat> Brilliant. So, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, starting with the uh, AC Milan game uh, on Wednesday. Emmanuel, can you please give us your thoughts about the game? Well, I've seen so many bad games that Aleti has played and well that game against Milan is right up there 
Aleti played like a team without a game plan. Those service said before the game, the team are prepared for Milan's high press and they know how to handle them. But Aleti really struggled. Milan started very well, high pressing Aleti. Aleti choking up because I think Jolo's game plan was for the fact that the team is going to defend, given Milan are going to have more of the ball, play high line. I think he went something similar to that, which worked perfectly against Liverpool. But the difference was Aleti panicked with the ball. Milan had the much of the ball of the game. I think when Ali, Milan lost the ball in Aleti's half, Aleti were not able to progress and Milan's counter press was very effective. Aleti also struggled on the right-hand side where Lorente played as a driving back. You had Tio Hernandez there. Well, basically the whole game, he, he was really good and well, as continues, we enjoyed that. But his passing and also his pace, I think Aleti struggled to cope with that. And also Bryce, Brahim Diaz, sorry, who is from who is a Real Madrid player alone, where Real Madrid players causing Aleti trouble. And also talking about the first half, it was really poor for Maleti. But I think there were moments in which the Rodrigo de Paul Lorente link up really showed like you could create something for Maleti. But after, like from the 20 minute to maybe the 30 minute, everything just died down because both of them were exchanging. You have de Paul giving a pass to Lorente or Lorente giving a pass to pick out the post run and basically created a very good opportunity with Griezmann miss hitting the ball, I think. So, to be honest, that game it was really bad because, well, I had to watch it twice the first time, which was very emotional and the team lost, and watch it again the second time to try and analyze things. And it was like, I literally got things wrong. You had, in the second half, you have Jose Mar. I, I've never seen him play so badly being drawn out of position, you have him also on the left. He's, I don't understand what he was going to do. There, then you see him not stalling, but diving into the tackle. And well, overall, it was really a bad game because Aleti couldn't really create something. And we have been relying, if you look at, I think, the games in which we have really been bad, we have been relying on individual brilliance to really call a goal. Carrasco's goal against Espanyol, it's like the team lacked a clear game plan of like an offensive mechanism. How do we create against a deep block or how do we create against a, a team that is really sitting deep or maybe how do we progress with the ball? It's like when they give Aleti the ball, we are, we are panicking in that game, which was really sad to see. And to be honest, that game Milan deserved to win, not by just the one nil, but by maybe two or three because they had the clear scoring chances and I think Aliti had just like two shots on goal even even I think from far out wide and Aliti's best chance came from Cunha and you have fans reacting whatever whatever but you can ignore that chance let me not say ignore because well maybe if he scored and it would be a draw which was Aliti but to be honest we did not deserve to take even half a point from that game um and uh, I mean, I'm impressed you managed to watch that again. Uh, I I watched it once and had enough for for a lifetime. Uh, like I said, um, you know, I think n uh, almost none of the players, you know, had a a decent game. I think the Paul uh, Savage and a Black are you know the only ones that were remotely good. Uh, Jimenez continues his poor form. Uh, made a 
uh, a mistake tracking uh, the run uh, for the goal. Uh, he made a similar mistake against Valencia, uh, where uh, Hugoduro uh, got behind him and scored. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know what, what's wrong with Jimenez, but, uh, you know, I hope he fixes up uh, quite soon because, you know, th this, it has been uh, a very costly uh, form for him. Uh, and uh, um, we, we have talked a lot about the athletic players, you know, underperforming, but uh, we have to uh, maybe give uh, Milan, uh, the Milan players, some credit. So, uh, Maxi, uh, what did you think of the uh, AC Milan performance and uh, how does it compare uh, to their recent form? Uh, well, I <clears throat> didn't take, uh, just took uh, three minutes until I got my first heart attack when uh, Tio Hernandez went off looking like he was injured, but thankfully he, he went back in and we did a, I think we did a very good game, to be honest. Uh, as Emmanuel said, the, the counter pressing was nice, the, the high pressing was effective and, you know, um, Milan are missing uh, uh, to this game. We were missing uh, Rafael Leao, uh, Bikayo Tomori, and, uh, and Slatan Ibrahimovic, uh, who started on the bench. Uh, so I, I'm surprised that we were as dominant as we were. Uh, but yeah, I think there were also some individual performances that stood out and. Tio Hernandez was one of them, and I also think that um, Alexis Salamakis was was good in his. Uh, he played very intensively, and uh, and uh, yeah, he th he was a threat on the on the right wing. So I think he did good as well. And if we compare this to to a recent form, it it fits fits right in there. But we came from a from a poor performance against Fiorentina. Uh, we we lost three four and basically gave away some of the goals. Uh, so it was nice to bounce back like we did in in this game. And uh, seeing over two games against Atleti, I think that Milan has shown that that they are that we are a great team. Um, but but then again, uh, as as Emmanuel talked a bit about, it's that, that Atleti is, is struggling like individual players are struggling and and the the team doesn't click as it always does uh, or always did before so maybe it's it's tough to do that comparison but uh, yeah i i'm i'm very happy and it felt like a nice redemption after the after the game at san siro um, Max, what was your thoughts on Kisi and Sandro Tanelli's performance? Because to be honest, they did very had a very good game in shutting down Alexis' threat from the wide areas. Given that Kisi was very good at tracking the, the Paul or Lorente's run in behind, and even though he was caught a couple of times, maybe I think two, but he did it an excellent job. Maybe playing as a makeshift center back, or you also have Tanelli who did a, a very good job for tracking either Carrasco or Lima making runs because I think 
both of them have a very good link up and one of them acts as a decoy and pull the full back away but both of these two guys had a very good game so what are your thoughts on their performance yeah 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 i think you you're doing two two good uh, observations there uh, i think uh, francesi uh, did one of his better games this season he's <clears throat> he hasn't been as dominant as he was last season this season uh, he's been good nowhere near bad but this was one of his best performances and uh, tonali he's uh, he's taking steps every every game i feel uh, not just with the with the offensive qualities but as but with the defensive uh, uh, part of the game as as you said emmanuel uh, i think his positioning is much better he he reached the opposition much better this season and uh, overall <clears throat> delivers uh, good performances uh, so i feel like he's he's adapted to what stefano pioli wants as as a milan manager and and to this idea because last season it was his first season coming to a big club and uh, and he had very high expectations uh, from from the supporters and he didn't quite live up to them he showed glimpses of of uh, of it but this season he's uh, showing that every game i think so this this game was no exception to that uh, he did he did very well and uh, frank kessy one of the best performances he's had this season okay perfect and uh, yeah as you have mentioned uh, ac milan uh, they they won the midfield battle uh, very very uh, easily, and uh, I think that was the reason why they were so dominant. Uh, Atleti's midfield uh, could create nothing, and like I said, I think De Paul was the only one uh, who uh, played remotely well uh, in midfield. Um, so, Emmanuel, um, I mean, you have. It's very obvious that Atleti aren't uh, in a very good situation right now, but you know what's what's the reason behind it? Like, is it tactics? Is it the players underperforming, or is it both? Uh, there, there have been so many issues with the team. It's hard to tell anymore. Well, firstly, I would say it is true there are some players who are underperforming, and like. Into the Cardiron wrote an article this morning pointing out that some players are feeling comfortable with their positions. Like you have Koke, to be honest, he has not been himself. Like I keep on making excuses for him. He has played so many games, that's the Euros, and also gotten his holiday to come and join the team and the rest. But I think they are him and other guys like that of Laurenti and so many Laurenti well injured. That excuse me him also. They have not been at their best. That's true. But the issue is, I think, is with the idea. I think, and that comes to Simeon. How does he want his team to play? The team, I think, against Milan, you see they lack an identity. They don't have a clear game plan. The lineup keeps changing each game. Players keep shifting position each game. They Paul played as, I think, right midfielder against Milan where we all know his favorite position and where he has a great impact is for midfield. And I think that was one of the reasons why we lost against Milan. Like you said, they won the midfield, but the ball was not there. So it is about the game plan. And to be honest, if you look at this athletic team and compare to that of the team Cholo has had in the past, well, this team has, to be honest, only one direction or maybe one 
it's tired, they can play to be honest. They cannot do what that of okay, or that of Godin Gabi did in 2014, or that or that of what is Aliti's side that won the Europa League in 2012 did. So I think he has to go towards a more position-based team, but not just having position or position sake, because to be honest, Aliti are struggling in so many areas, like defending. That is a surprise to many because wow. A Diego Simeone team is struggling to defend. How come that's possible? Well, it's 2021 and we have a different brand of players now. Players who do well on the ball and defend more with the ball. I think last season, one of the things I did were good in the first half of the season was the fact that they were good with the ball. There were times in which the team held the ball and they defended with the ball. I think that is the way forward that Simeone has to do. But against Milan and also against Osasuna, which both teams press aggressively, the team were shaky with the ball. It's like, Nobody wants the ball. You give the ball in certain areas, the team loses it. The team wins back the ball in their own half. They are about to progress and the team loses it. You also have that identity issue I talk about by the fact that a little lost the ball in the opposition in the opposition final third. Some players are going to high press, others are tracking back. That leaves a gap between both players. That means if the players who are going to high press are bypass, the opposition team has space to run into. And we saw that against Milan, we saw that against Osasuna. So I think Simeone has to be clear about the idea. It is true, some have talked about the fact that the squad is not balanced. That means Aleti went for more attackers this summer and the defensive side of things is really not great. That is true. But I think the first thing is about having the idea, how do I want my team to play? When he has that, then he can then fit in the different parts or the different players to make it a working system. Because at the moment, systematically, whatever you see, but at least you don't have a clear game plan. And also, when I talk about game plan, you also have the fact that the build-up play this season has been really poor, which is something that improved a lot last season. And also, you have, when Aliti arrived at the final third, it's like they don't know what to do. There was a vis put up on Twitter, I think, some days ago, talking about how the different teams do. You have Aliti one of those teams who managed to get into the final third or position half, but a good areas but they don't know what to do that's because the team have turned into a team and is now relying on a lot of individuals for chance creation like i mentioned before you had carrasco's goal against espanol and there are a lot more you have hoping that a player plays a pass between the line or someone drew past another player that means the team is relying a lot of individual individual we don't have a clear mechanism of how we want to move team about like last season we draw them to the left he also shoots play to the right, and you have triple Lorente connection into play. But this is in the team; it just it just lost. To be honest, I get and to be honest, I think Chipe is one of those who have been underperforming. But the team also misses him, so I think it's about the game plan. If Cholo can get how he wants Aleti to play, I think everything becomes good. Um, well, to be honest, uh, I think he he has. Uh, I think his plan is clear, and it's playing in the same style he played in uh, last season. But um, uh, as uh, our, our friend em, uh, Emiliano on Twitter uh, have talked, uh, I think uh, it's just uh, not possible with with the uh, level of some some players. Uh, last season, the the reason the three five two system worked so well was because of uh, three players uh, in particular, and those were uh, Trippier, who's now uh, injured but hasn't been himself at all this season, uh, and uh, uh, Hermoso, who's uh, 
uh, whose ball progression was uh, very crucial last season in the first half uh, of, of the season. And, of course, uh, Koke, who... Uh, uh, when when he plays for Spain, uh, you still see uh, the Koke of last season uh, because he's playing, you know, in, as as an eight. But uh, uh, when playing as a pivot, uh, like uh, at Simeone is playing him currently, uh, he's just not at the same level as last season. So uh, you know, I think those uh, three players are. Uh, you know the the their level is uh, you know affecting uh, Simeone's plans a lot, and uh, like you said, uh, the squad was built just for this formation, but those three players are just not uh, you know there there aren't any other players that could play in in their place. Uh, so that's a you know very big problem, and uh, it's weird that it wasn't addressed in the summer. Uh, the only defensive midfielder uh, Atletico have is Condogbia, and you know Simeone does, doesn't look like he trusts him a lot. Uh, and uh, if uh, you want to make an argument that uh, you know Simeone needs to maybe return to a four-four-two formation, then the only left back in the squad is uh, Renan Lodi, and uh, similar to Kondogbia, he hasn't given Simeone, you know, many, uh, many reasons to to trust him. So you know, he, he's just stuck uh, in in a weird place where he wants uh, to play in a system, but uh, you know, uh, and it's the only system that's possible with the players. But uh, also, uh, the players aren't able to execute it. So I think. Uh, uh, and also another thing is uh, the defensive issues and the fact that they're a bit over overblown by the players making too many individual mistakes. So uh, I think this, while, you know, of course, uh, Simeone isn't immune to criticism and I think his approach in the AC Milan game uh, was wrong, but also the I think, uh, you know, a lot of the blame is on the players and on uh, you know, a, a poor squad planning. Uh, so, uh, Maxi, uh, from an outsider's perspective, uh, what 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 do you think of this? Yeah, I think you guys are are touching on the on the right areas. Um, my my two observations are that that I think that maybe Simeone has. Uh, elaborated a bit too much with different formations uh, i think that it's it's better to to stick to to one uh, or maybe for some matches where, where it's required to maybe change a little bit um but but then i also think that as you both have said that uh, some players are really under underperforming and that that itself creates a, a big problem because if if you have a squad built for a certain type of formation or idea and the first uh, first choice um, player isn't performing then perhaps uh, perhaps you don't have anyone uh, to fill in what he the qualities he has uh, like one example I, I can think of right away is I think that um, Marcos Llorente is is doing a very good job, but he doesn't have that same uh, offensive uh, threat from from the wing as as Kieran Trippier in good form has. 
that that's just one example but yeah i think that there there are many many reasons that are especially say collaborating for for the for athletic struggles right now but mainly i would say those two those areas uh, at least from from an outsider perspective i I don't follow follow Atleti as as intensively as you two do, but uh, from the from the games I've seen, that's that's at least my my interpretation of it. Well, Maxi, I will agree with you on the fact that some players are underperforming, and I'm going to come back to what Atta said about Tulu wants to play like last season. To be honest, if you look at Atleti's best games this season, I think one of them is against Atleti Club, even though it was a draw. Let me not say best bet. One of their very good performances, I think, is down to the fact that Aletia, when they have the ball and they are, lose the ball, they are able to regain regain back position in the opposition half. But this season, that's been missing, and that's why I talk about the clear game plan. What happens? or What do we do when we lost the ball? If we lost the ball and we want to all track back or delay, that is very good. I'm not I'm not one to compare or like to compare, but if you watch, I think Chelsea's games. Not compare and see if you play like Chelsea, but if you watch their games when they lost the ball. I think against certain teams, you see them tacking back, but they do delay tactics, not committing tactical foul, but just standing in front of the guy and waiting for other players to get back into position. And there are other times in which you see them high pressing and winning back the ball. So I'm not saying we should play like Chelsea, but I'm just giving an example. We need to have when we have how do we get the ball off the pitch? That's one of the things. When we are in the plane against, for example, we're playing against Cardis. When we when they are sitting in their four in their two lines of four and compact, how do we move them? How do we destabilize that defense? One of the ways using Carrasco's dribbling ability that's good, but if that doesn't work, how do we do that? That's what my my problem. When we lost the ball high up the pitch, came back. That means technically the team is caught in between two ideas. Yes, but to be honest, I think the blame goes 50-50, part on it on Cholo and part on it on the players. But I get why you see majority on the players because if the players are performing. I want to see the reality I saw for 60 minutes against Beabitis. I want to see the reality I saw against Barcelona. That means a team that played like a team that had identity, a team that know, knew how, knows how to play, knows what they want to do in the game and not a team that is just caught between two or three ideas. Yeah, yeah, and I think that... As I was talking about a bit earlier, that it comes back a bit to having as few formations as possible. Because look at look at Milan; they played a four-two-three-one for two years now, I think. And in Klopp's Liverpool, they played four-three-three more or less since he came there. When they lose the ball, when they have the ball, everything is automized. Like everyone knows what to do, and when you switch formations, that creates a bit of confusion. Even though we're talking about professional footballers here, of course they're they're smart and they can take instructions, but you don't get that same automation uh, when you switch formations because it's it creates a change uh, between where they sh- where every play should be, what their first action should be when they lose the ball or when they have the ball. I yeah I think that it's that makes it important to have as few formations as possible and of course you can switch around but maybe not as much as as uh, Simeone has done this season. Ah uh, yeah that's very true. Well yes I think that's also a point also but I think 
down to the formation part well like i tell us it is down to the poor squad planning at the summer the club investing a lot on attackers that means we have so many players i think this is maybe the side effects of having an unbalanced squad and so many players in attack well it is the first time in 10 years to be honest that we are bringing topics like identity concerning senior's team game plan and all these legs hopefully these things get sorted out so yeah yeah like like now you have yes just for the for the two forward positions you have Griezmann, Suarez, Matheus Cunha and Joe Felix that's like for top top shelf players to compete for two positions uh, I understand like the squad planning it, it becomes a bit front heavy um to a certain extent I, I, sorry i forgot angel correa as well okay uh so um i mean ho- hopefully it, it isn't too late uh to, to fix uh, all the problems uh, it isn't in la liga as uh, atleti are still uh, f- uh four points uh, away from from first place um but uh the you know the elephant in the room obviously being the champions league and uh, how close atleti are uh, to crashing out from the group stage um and you know the situation right now is you know very complicated uh, atleti sit fourth in the group uh, uh obviously they have the same amount of points as ac milan for uh, uh ac milan lead on goal difference uh uh, minus three for Atleti. AC Milan have minus two. Uh, since the uh, the head-to-head matches, uh, one uh, was won by Atleti and was was won by AC Milan. Uh, away goals don't count anymore. Um, but uh, if uh, if Atleti and uh, AC Milan, uh, I think if they have the same goal difference, then Atleti progress. Since uh, Atleti scored uh, two goals, uh, 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 no, sorry, um, no, n- never mind. Uh, it's the uh, away goals scored in all matches, uh, and Atleti have one more than AC Milan. So uh, I think this is uh, the reason Atleti would progress if you know the the goal difference is the same. Uh, but obviously that would require Atleti to beat Porto. Uh, who have one more point than than Atletico at the moment? Um, so uh, maybe uh, Atleti would rely on a, on a gift from Liverpool. Do, do you see that possible, Maxi? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know, even though I think that uh, that uh, Klopp will will do as he did uh, against Porto this week, that he will rotate eleven and play some some youngsters. He he threw in. Uh, Tyler Morton for his Champions League debut this this weekend rested Trent Alexander-Arnold for Nico Williams and I think he will do that next game as well against uh, Milan at San Siro but even though he will probably do that I think that Liverpool will be too strong because their project you know is on a completely different level than than Milan is right now uh, even though when they're resting players they're still a well-functioning machine uh, and has very much quality so i think it will be too much for milan but hopefully 
Mila will get a point and uh, hopefully this will end in a draw against uh, Atletico Madrid and Porto. So Milan goes through. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I I have a hard time seeing it happen. Well, uh, you picked the the worst outcome for Atleti, so I, I mean I, I understand it since <laughs> you know the, you're you're a fan of both teams, but still you know um, have have some thought for for the rest of us. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, what what's your expectation for for the last match day? Well, to be honest, it's tough. Atleti are really struggling in the Champions League. I think not quite sure, but their record I think is it four matches won in about twenty something games in the Champions League or whatever. But it's really poor one. Going away at at Porto, well, that's it doesn't give much optimism. I'm not really optimistic, but I'm sure Aliti can win the given the squad they have and relying on Liverpool to do Aliti a favor is really huge. Given club might routine, like he said, they are a well functioning team, but I think Milan has what it takes to beat Liverpool, like we saw. At Anfield, I think if Milan really goes for it, they'll be able to beat Liverpool because we are what show club we rotate like Masi said. So you all rely on Aliti and relying on Liverpool. Well, hopefully Liverpool can help us this time, despite our good, despite our recent rivalry or whatever. But it all relies on Aliti first of all doing their job at the start of the Dragao before they can then be thinking about results from elsewhere. So if Aliti can go. Out, go all out against Porto, which I think they will, and which I think is going to be good. Then, Aleti has a slight chance to progress. Well, it's football, you never know. <clears throat> it's football, and you never know, indeed. Um, and speaking of that, um, Maxi, AC Milan have been doing exceptionally well. Um, in, in the league, uh, they are on uh, 32 points, uh, joint top with, with Napoli. Um, uh, what's next for AC Milan? Uh, what for, uh, you know, what's their uh, upcoming schedule like? And uh, do you see them going all the way and winning the league? Well, the, the upcoming games are quite good. Uh, we have uh, Sassuolo at home this week, and Sassuolo is like a a boogie team for Milan. We always struggle against them, but hopefully we will we will take a win there. And after that, we have Genoa and uh, Salernitana, uh, two two teams that are expected to be in the in the bottom half of the, of the table. But uh, yeah, I think this uh, Milan are playing much better this season than we did last season um, when we when we were top of the table at this this point of the season um and i think it has a lot to do with mentality this season we are we're stronger mentally and when we're down we we can fight back and we've done that sometimes this season um if it will be enough to win the league i i kind of doubt it i think that inter in the in the end will will take the title because they have a they have a group of players who have a higher quality overall than Milan, uh, and they have a very good coach and a, a clear game plan. And I think Milan might fall in the long run. Um, I hope not, 
but I I have a feeling about it right now. Uh, I really hope that that it will prove me wrong. Um, it it'd be very impressive uh, for Inter uh, to go to go back to back despite losing Conte and uh, Lukaku and obviously Hakimi. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it'd be very impressive, but uh, you know it, it'd be nice to see. Uh, uh, you know, maybe more variety in the league. You know, uh, since Serie A has been dominated by by uh, both Inter Milan and uh, Juventus for two decades now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and and I think that that uh, both Milan and and Napoli are are growing as competitors to to Inter, especially Inter. I think that Juventus are they're not on their way down. But they have stagnated a bit where they were, and uh, and Milan and Napoli has grown closer to that. And yeah, I I, I really welcome a change in in the winner of the Scudetto. But uh, I th- I think that Inter will win it in the in the end this year because even though they lost Conte, Hakimi, and and Lukaku, they've they've replaced the players well, and they they hired. Uh, Simeone Sagi who has a fair fairly similar game plan and a philosophy as Antonio Conte, albeit not as <laughs> intensive and aggressive. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but but they're two fairly similar managers and I I don't see much change between them. So they're already they already won last year. With this philosophy, formation, game plan, idea, so yeah, I think there they will be too much in the end. And speaking of upcoming matches, uh, Emmanuel, uh, can you give us your thoughts about uh, Atleti's upcoming game against Cardiff? About Cardiff, I think that's the most win game for Atleti, given they are really, let me say, behind. A couple of points that's buying Real Madrid and Real Sociedad. And Cadiz also needs the points because they have been struggling lately. And to be honest, I think they have similar issues Aliti are having because they also like, they are also having the identity crisis because the Cadiz team of last season, we, we knew that they were solid and they were difficult to break down. But this season, well, they have been playing deep, but they have been so easy to open up. They consider four goals against Getafe who have not won at home and are the lowest goal scorers in the division. That tells you a lot about their current state of defending. So I think that's a chance for Aleti to maybe regain confidence, use that match as a confidence booster ahead of the tough schedule, which is futures of Sevilla, Real Madrid and also Porto. So looking at things tactically, if Tolo gets things right, and in my opinion, at the current moment, I go in favor of playing the three, five, or is three, two, three, two, three, two, I think, or three, two, four, in which we have the three center backs, and we have Kuke and Rodrigo Depot in midfield, and we have Korea, Joao Felix, or Griezmann operating in the half spaces like they did Betis, then we have Suarez as the main striker, and we have our wing backs as maybe this time Lorento or, or maybe Vashaliko, and we have Carrasco. 
So I would love, because my opinion, I think that's a latest-based formation because that was similar thing they used against Valencia, I think, and also what they did against Betis. Because you have Griezmann and Korea, if they both play in those half spaces or interiors, they are able to come back and make a little to have superiority in midfield. That is four with two to be against Cadiz, two midfielders are also drop and drag players out of position for our wingbacks to occupy. So, to be honest, I'm looking forward to this game because it would really be the performance, not just the result. The result would be good for a little bit, like we saw against Osasuna, the result was good and the performance was bad. We carried that performance into the Milan game. So, I want expecting the team to do very well, have a good game, and to be honest, play like they did against Real Betis. It will not be easy, like I said. Cadiz are really are struggling and need also a win, but we can use this opportunities, opportunity because Cadiz are really fragile at the back at the moment. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, you know, hopefully it is the the confidence bo uh, booster that, uh, you know, will, it, it could be. Um, so moving on, uh, we have uh, received uh, two questions uh, for, for today's episode. And uh, the first one is uh, from Taj uh, saying, uh, what needs uh, to change for Jao Felix to start being decisive in the final third? Uh, Emmanuel, what do you think? Well, I guess Felix has the same issue I Inyaki Williams has. I'm not comparing both players because I know Twitter is a very funny place where you call one player and then you talk about him having similar issues to another player. They go and start saying you have said this and that. But I think it's about being hesitant in front of goal. The goal is there and they waste a lot of time to pull the trigger. They are like waiting for it to be clear. That means, how can I say? It's like he wants to have things, make things clear. It's like if I'm kicking this ball, yes, that means I have confidence that no defender is going to block it and it's going to go straight to the goal. I think that's the same issue. That's the issue Felix has. If he can maybe be less hesitant, if he has his sight at goal, maybe he pulls the first, first sight at goal, I think. I think that improves things a lot for him because at times it takes one or two touches which are unnecessary in the box and at the end the defender has blocked the angle. But well, if you just take as you see the ball, I'm not saying you should be playing like Rafa Mir because that's really bad, but I have that instinct of the fact that if I'm in front of goal, I just need to pull the trigger, maybe look for an angle and then things will happen. I think I read an article about the striker, the need for a striker having a consistent style of hitting the ball i think maybe he starts from there having a technique hitting the ball technique i think Lewandowski also has one so has ronaldo i think many good goal scorers have one so if you can have have that or maybe practice on that and then also being less hesitant in front of goal i think that improves his finishing for me because he gets into good position at times but he's really hesitant it's like should i kick the ball now the defender block it all those questions in the end he turns and he doesn't do anything uh, Maxi, uh, would you like uh, to give us your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, I think Emmanuel uh, is is right, and it it feels like a, a question of both confidence and <clears throat> and not second guessing your your own ability or talent. It feels like sometimes he's second guessing himself, and in the end, that that. Uh, makes him fall in the in the final third and i think that, that he should shouldn't stop uh, she should stop doing that and just just go for it because he has the talent he he's shown it before 
that he he's a good player in the final third, at least uh, during periods. And yeah, I think it's a like a question of confidence and uh, not second guessing yourself. And it's easier said than done, but he should he should uh, trust himself more. And uh, I think you know there there hasn't been uh, too many questions about his playmaking. Uh, his he creates so many chances, and uh, you know maybe doesn't always get the assist since uh, you know maybe players would uh, uh, get uh, uh, you know play maybe another pass. Uh, and but uh, you know it's his goal scoring uh, ability that's uh, more to question and uh, um, like. Um, during his time at Atleti, he hasn't really been the greatest finisher. Uh, while he was, you know, uh, obviously a, uh, a brilliant finisher at Benfica, uh, just uh, I I don't know if uh, he could be, you know, that type of player uh, right now at Atleti. But uh, you know, as uh, both of you have said, he has shown promise and he has been uh, growing more and more uh, and improving, uh, you know, all aspects uh, of his game. Uh, but you know he has been uh, hindered by uh, injury after injury. So you know hopefully him uh, just staying fit and uh, having more game time uh, would you know see him uh, improve further uh, in in all aspects of his game. Um, and uh, another question we have received is uh, from Baku saying, uh, uh, "Do you think Luis Suarez deserves uh, recognition as an Atleti legend, uh, given what he has done?" Uh, in his first season and uh, you know obviously his numbers being uh, maybe better or as good as as Falcao um Maxi <clears throat> not yet i i would say i think to be a club legend you know it takes as as you said luis suarez is done a lot for Atletico Madrid, Atletico de Madrid, but yeah, you know, I think the term club legend kind of gets overused these days, and and I I don't think he's that yet. I I I, w- I would say he is a club legend at at Barcelona and at at uh, at Liverpool, even Ajax. But for me, at least personally, it's, you have to play more and you have to win more even though he already has won but yeah that, that's just my take on it um uh, emmanuel uh, what's your take on it? well i think to be honest it's difficult because when you talk about legend at times most associate legend status at the football club with longevity but there are certain players who i don't know how to say but just have that one brilliant moment they may play just for a season, but that brilliant moment. Let's say, for example, we have somebody like player X. I don't want to call a name because that may bring controversy. But we have player X, and player X hasn't really played much the whole season. And then he comes and he scores an important goal. And let's say at the end of the season, and the team wins maybe the Champions League or the league. And well, but to be honest, I think I will agree with Maxi with the fact that I think Suarez has been really good very vital but i think it just goes down in, in the history as one of those very important player analytics history for what he has done in the two seasons maybe similar to what villa did so i don't really think 
the legend statues at the moment, well, that's really something I will reserve maybe for maybe what he does this season on the season after that. But he's a very good player. And to be honest, I think all the fans will remember the goal he scored against Valladolid, the goal he scored against Osasuna. Those are important goals in Atleti's history because he enabled Atleti to win La Liga last season. Uh, well, I think he does have you know a bigger claim uh, to to being a club legend than Villa, uh, mainly because uh, he was uh, let's say uh, I think Villa was while was he was uh, a very crucial player in the uh, title win. Uh, there were you know more play- players that are more important for the team back then, uh, and you know maybe he wasn't the face of the team so to speak. Uh, but uh, Suarez, I think he was the face of the campaign. He was, uh, let's say, the player that changed so much in the team after, you know, uh, obviously them lacking the uh, ability to finish chances in, in the previous seasons. Uh, so while I do think he does have a very ar- a good argument to be considered one, uh, I I wouldn't call him one yet. Uh, and, you know, hopefully he does show, uh, you know, more... That does give more to the team uh, in uh, this season and if you're in news, uh, the upcoming season as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if, if he does achieve uh, a bit more, I think he would have, uh, you know, very, uh, a very great argument to be considered one. Um, so, yeah, th- those are the only two questions we have received. Uh, thank you so much for uh, everyone that sent them. And... Uh, you know, for uh, the final part of the podcast, uh, we have a small surprise for uh, Maxi. Um, it's pop quiz time, and uh, <laughs> we have we have a few questions for you uh, about uh, Atleti, and uh, you know, we'll see how good you can uh, answer them. Uh, are you ready? I am ready. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first question is. Uh, who is uh, Atletico uh, Madrid's record top scorer? Uh, who's the player that scored more uh, most goals in the history? Shit. <laughs> is it uh, is it Forlan? No, it isn't Forlan. Uh, it is Luis Aragones uh, with one hundred and seventy uh, two goals. Uh, Forlan, I believe he had about one hundred, but um, I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, okay. So, yeah, it, it was a, a bit tough one, that one. Uh, the <laughs> second question is, uh, who's the player that scored uh, the most goals for Atleti in the Champions League? Hmm. My, my first guess is Griezmann. That is true, yeah. So, yeah, you've, you've got it on, right? Um, yes! Now, can you name three players that played for both AC Milan and Atletico Madrid? Mm. Uh, Fernando Torres, <laughs> Tio Hernandez. Okay, we'll count that one. He, he didn't play in an official match, but you know, I guess we can count that. One. Oh yeah. No, no, yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, uh, Kalinic, Nikola Kalinic. Hi. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I was, the... I was so happy when we sold that guy to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, he has to give uh, one more. Oh, what what this guy's name? David uh, Lopez. Did he play for you guys? Nope. Um, oh, that was Real Madrid. 
around that. Yeah, I I had some feeling that he played for both. Yeah, oh. I I can't I can't uh, figure out anymore. Oh, let's do Chelsea. The the biggest yes. legends of them all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so ah, nah, you, had, you had also you had also Abiati and Albertini for options. Uh, and of course, Abiati, uh, Christian Vieira. So yeah, that's one out of three. Uh, in 2007. Legend. <laughs> um, okay, so next question is uh, three players that played for both Liverpool and Atletico. Mm. Uh, Luis Garcia. <laughs> Fernando Torres. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, Luis Suarez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, you had uh, you had the uh, Javier Manqueo and uh, and uh, Insua for for options Insua. as well. Yeah, Insua. Mm. Okay. Guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're you're doing pretty well. Uh, so let's ah, we... throw in a very tough one. Uh, in in 2014, uh, Atleti played uh, AC Milan uh, in the Champions League. Atleti won 4-1. Uh, well, it was a much more fun game than the one we had uh, this <laughs> week. Um, can you remember uh, in, in the second goal, uh, it, it was deflected of a defender. Can you remember who that defender was? Oh, I want to say Daniele Bonera or Gabriel Paletta. Uh, no, that, that's not correct. Who was it? Okay, I'll, I'll, it, it was neither. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another one since this one's tough. Nah, okay. nah, it's okay. Ah, you do favoritism at all. The legendary Rami. It was either Rami. Oh, legend. Yeah, that oh. guy is a legend. <laughs> Did, did you did you guys know that he paid part of his own transfer fee to move to Milan? I, I did oh. not know that. Wow. Uh, from from Valencia, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. Milan wow. had a shit economy, so he paid part of his own transfer fee. <laughs> oh, that's interesting to know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, uh, that's uh, three questions out of five. You answered correctly. Um, I, I'd say you did very well. Ah, yeah. Thank you. The, nah, the hardest we... one I, the hardest part nah, I think was uh, Luis Aragonés. Yeah, uh, it, it was yeah. a tough one. I think if if you're not a an, a fan of uh, of the team, it's tough to know you know those uh, uh, old players and you know who exactly their their record uh, holders are. So uh, you know that part. I think uh, you know that your quest, your answers were on point. So uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a fun okay. idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it was it was Emmanuel's idea, so of course it was good. I enjoyed that. Perfect. Uh, and I enjoyed today's episode uh, with you. Uh, thank thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, my pleasure. It's always fun to be on to talk to you guys. Thank you for for having me. <clears throat> of course, and yeah, you know, it's always uh, fun to talk to you as well. And uh, of course, uh, thank you, Emmanuel. Well, yeah, thank you, Atai. It was good talking with you and Magzi as always. Hopefully, we have Magzi 
in the future. And shout out to Selena and Hannah for Philippe's performance against Osasuna. Yes, we didn't talk about that game, but he was very good and he like cover up for his mistake he made. So hopefully he does well this weekend against Cadiz. <clears throat> Hopefully. Um, I, I mean, we'll see if he, if he plays in the first place, since uh, both uh, Savage and Jimenez are back, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and of course, uh, thank you guys for sticking with us uh, the entire time. Uh, remember, uh, nunca dejes de creer. Uh, it's probably one of the uh, best time to keep saying that, since uh, you know Atleti aren't in a very good place. But you know, uh, always uh, never stop believing, and see you in the next episode. Se ve frente al balón a un equipo de verdad.